Hi there, and welcome to SciCare, the podcast where we talk about science, self-care, and all things wellness. I'm Robin Laird, your host, and as usual, I hope I'm joining you on a walk right now. If not, I hope you get a chance to move outside at some point soon. Today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm bringing on a guest who is not a scientific expert, but a health-loving human. <laughs> Yelena Grozdenich wasn't always this way. Yelena began prioritizing her health during the pandemic and has come out a stronger, happier, and healthier person for it. Today, she's a movement leader and founder of The Secret LA, and together we're going to be exploring her wellness journey. I will be interjecting with some science-based reflections and information that may help explain her personal experiences. I'm excited to try out this interview format, and I'm even more excited to bring on Yelena because she's clearly someone who has fallen in love with taking care of her body, and that is a personal mission behind everything that I do. I want to get people excited to nurture their bodies and minds, and I know this episode will do just that. Get ready to be inspired. I will let Yelena introduce herself. Hope you enjoy our conversation. My name is Yelena, and I am the founder and movement leader of The Secret LA, which is a physical and mental wellness community dedicated to promoting positivity through movement. And Secret LA leads uh, various virtual movement experiences, as well as a few in-person experiences when the time and availability allows. And I am really honored to be here. Beautiful. I'm curious, when did you specifically first realize that your physical health influenced your quality of life? So I think just like so many of us, we've experienced such crazy changes in our 20s from the biology of what it means to age in your 20s to just the mental of it all of what it means to grow older and to start to become a quote unquote adult. So I think I really started to understand how it all speaks to each other was in my late 20s, or a handful of years ago, I was really experiencing some pretty deep depression and anxiety. And I was really struggling with my mental health, which was also my physical health as well. And there was just really one day where I took a long, hard look at myself. And I said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I really wanted to figure out for myself how I could fix it and what I could do to make myself a better person physically and mentally. And that's when I started to explore wellness through simple lifestyle changes. I think that we are sold so often through, you know, many different parts of the, you know, the wellness space that you take this supplement or you do this diet or you do this type of exercise to change your life. But really, it's just kind of from within and it's making those simple lifestyle changes that will all add up. And then one day it all kind of works. And it's not just one big dramatic change. It's a over time, a small incremental change to really change your life and to make it a full lifestyle. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on here and discuss some of those simple changes that everyone can start to implement in their own life. So I'd love to know what are some changes that have made the biggest difference for you personally? Great question. I think it's just increasing your movement. And that can mean, of 
course, that means you have to do a little bit of really highly intentional movement. So finding or developing a movement practice that really makes sense for you, that is going to motivate you to move on a really consistent, regular basis. So for me, that was developing the secret LA that was kind of influenced through all the different um, movement practices that I love to do, which is dance and Pilates and yoga and calisthenics and strength training and body weight workouts, etc. Anything that really just gets me moving my body in a way that makes me feel good and comfortable. So increasing my intentional movement, walking, I know that's something that you're really, you know, you really love mm-hmm. to promote. I, walking has been a huge part of my movement and my wellness journey as well, because it's, you know, walking is not just a physical practice for me, it's mental as well, because it's almost meditative where you hear your feet stepping on the pavement or you're listening to music or a podcast or something where you're just really within your own experience and outside, which is super important. And then of course, in addition to movement, really it's diet and it's really incorporating real whole foods that are going to fuel your body. So I want to pop in here for a second. This is me interjecting with a little science reflection. Um, I want to pop in here to talk about whole foods and why they're specifically so important. One reason that shifting our diet to include more whole foods can be so beneficial for our mental health and our physique is because of the direct effect these foods have on our microbiome. The fibers, the starches, water content, enzymes, and phytonutrients that are found in whole vegetables, whole fruits, grains, these help diversify our microbiome. And there's a specific type of carbohydrate called a microbiota accessible carbohydrate that is not a fiber that we digest, but it really acts as food for the microbes in our intestines. And the byproducts of bacteria digesting these are really good for our body. So in general, whole foods promote the growth of beneficial bacteria and curb the growth of harmful disease-linked bacteria. And interestingly, these changes are observed almost immediately. Studies have shown microbiotic shifts can occur after only several days of people changing their diets to include more fiber or avoid processed foods. So a good rule of thumb is the less refined foods you eat, the better it will be for your microbiome. There is also a strong link between the microbes in our gut and our mental health. So it's very, very possible that eating junk food for several days can literally make us depressed and change our mental biochemistry. So all of these experiences that Yelena is having are not at all rare. Uh, Most people will feel amazing if they start eating less refined and processed foods and start including more whole foods into their diet. The way that I like to think about it is when I'm making my own meals or chopping up vegetables or getting actual food from grocery stores or from farmers markets or, you know, direct from the farms, it's really that energy exchange that I'm feeling that has really also made a difference in my physical and mental wellness where I'm really invested in the food that I'm eating and the energy that I'm putting into it is the energy I'm getting back. So I'm going to pop in here again. In terms of an energy exchange while eating, which Yelena mentioned as well, when I hear this, I immediately think of how this idea could influence the mental state you're in while you're eating. So although the energy exchange may not be something measurable, arriving at our meals with this mindset could certainly have some psychological or physiological effects. And the mental state we inhabit while we eat 
actually influences our ability to digest food and also to respond to our satiety cues. When we're stressed, our body redirects energy and blood flow from our digestive system to our muscles and other body parts that are needed in a fight or flight state. So for optimal digestion, we should really be relaxed and in a calm state. This also means we'll be able to better sense when we're actually full and not just continue eating out of stress or out of an emotional reaction. So my conclusion here is that arriving to our food in a mindful and meditative way can certainly help us digest that food better and also understand when we're actually full. Um, I know specifically that you've been doing a lot of physical movement classes. I think this is probably sometimes more than diet, what people struggle to incorporate in their routine, especially now that a lot of people are working from home. Do you have any tips on how to make movement a little bit more accessible? Absolutely. I think the way to make movement more accessible is finding the type of movement that you like to do that will motivate you to do it on a regular basis. So a lot of times, you know, you you might see one influencer or one website or one type of class where you think that, oh, I have to do Pilates because that's the type of movement that X, Y, and Z person is telling us to do because that's what works for their body versus, well, what works for me and what do I want to do? And I think, you know, when I started to figure out what it is that I need to do to just simply be healthy, for, you know, first and foremost, it's not about what my body looks like. It's just about what my body feels like and what is going to elongate my life. And so it's, you know, when you search how to have a healthy life, the American, you know, Heart Association or, you know, very, you know, very important organizations are telling you, you have to strength train a few times a week. So that means picking up some easy dumbbells or, you know, some light or moderate weight dumbbells, nothing too crazy, or that's just body weight, strength based exercises. So it's simple, it's push ups, it's crunches, it's just moving your body in a way to build mm -hmm. strength. And so I think a way to motivate yourself to do it is to just know that it's all from within yourself. And you have the capability ability to use those hands and use that body to pick up those weights or to do those push-ups and to really do it in an incremental way. So you don't have to do an hour long workout every single day. You really can do a handful of, you know, minutes per day. Maybe it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening, 15, 15, maybe it's only 20 minutes. Maybe it's only five minutes. It's whatever you can get in. And that's how you're going to just slowly start to build yourself up because when you're physically making those changes, it's going to help improve your mental relationship to your body as well. So you're going to say, Oh, I felt good doing that. Or maybe it didn't feel amazing because it was hard work. But I know once I put in that hard work, I'm going to feel better. So it's just going slow and not getting down on yourself when you aren't seeing those changes immediately or when you're just stressed about, oh, I got to do this and I got to move my body and I got to get this in. It's, I want to get this in because I know it's going to make me a better person. And if I'm a better person, I'm going to be better for others. So that's also the way that I like to think about it is if I'm better, I'm better for others. And then we're all better for the world. Yes. Amazing. I'd like to switch gears for a moment to actually talk a bit about your physiology and your literal physical body. Of course, our body and mind are so interconnected. What are some physical changes that you've noticed through living a healthier life? The changes that I've seen in my body is it's really pretty dramatic in the sense that I never was someone who was extremely overweight or totally extremely unhealthy, where movement was always part of my life. I'm a lifelong dancer, but I never really had a strong relationship to my body. I just it simply almost like moved itself, but I never moved from within. 
So I just kind of moved to the motions, moved to the music, but I never felt really deeply interconnected with my actual self. And so I think a lot of the physical changes I've seen over the, you know, over my wellness journey was a lot of muscle that I never knew was there. And it's crazy because it's not like I was lifting heavy weights. It's not like I was running. I'm not a huge runner. It really was doing just a good amount of walking and a good amount of simple strength based style toning workouts. So I saw a lot of my muscles kind of get longer and leaner through my stretching practice as well, which I cannot emphasize enough how important daily stretching is. So maybe we want to cover that as well at some point. But you know, it was really seeing my muscles just get longer and leaner and seeing my body just kind of tone and tighten up from eating better quality foods as well and eating real whole fresh foods, because that's what we're supposed to be eating, limiting my, you know, processed foods and limiting my added sugars and limiting the things that we know that are just simply not nutritionally beneficial to us. So I saw my body really tighten and tone up from eating simple, healthy, real foods. And then I think, you know, in my mind, because I was feeding my body with foods, you know, that were from the ground and that were, you know, from, you know, I eat animal products. So that were from animals that were ideally treated as well as they could be. And I, I recognized that my brain started to feel better because I was able to consume things that were of good quality and that were giving me energy. And then I was able to use that to produce energy for my movement practice which then allowed me to just kind of tone and tighten up through simple, easy, effective movement. I love your stress on simple movements with your own body and body weight. You mentioned stretching. I'd love to dive a little bit more into that. I mean, how can people start to get into stretching? I know a lot of people, especially as we age, feel like we become more stiff. Um, How can people ease into a stretching practice? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if you can take the time to dedicate to proper stretching every day, that's, of course, number one, the most beautiful experience you can do for yourself, whether it's taking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I I do a weekly stretch for 15 minutes. And then I try to do about 10 to 15 minutes every day. Ideally, sometimes I'll do a longer 30 minute stretch in the evening if I have time. Sometimes the big secret is to stretch while you're consuming something. So while you're maybe watching a TV show or a movie or listening to a podcast, or an album or really taking that time for yourself to really move your body intentionally that's separate from your exercise because I think so often that you think you just have to stretch into your exercise or stretch after your exercise but I treat my stretching separate from my exercise because stretching for me is almost like a meditative experience where I'm getting so deeply in tune with my body and with my breath. Yeah, so Yelena talks so much about stretching and there are so many benefits to stretching. It helps to improve our blood flow and offer oxygen and nutrients to different parts of our body. Also great for clearing our mind and lowering our cortisol, bringing us into a state of relaxation. There's not too much I want to add here because I think everyone already understands that stretching is amazing for your body. And if you aren't able to set aside that specific time, it's in the middle of your day when you're just kind of moving around or when you find yourself sitting for too long, you have to just look at yourself and go, how long have I been sitting? What am I doing? Or maybe it's, you know, when you're cooking dinner or making something, you know, it's just kind of moving your arms. And even when sometimes when you're like in a line at a grocery store, maybe you just kind of move your body, move your neck, move your head, do something because doing something is always better than doing nothing. So when I find myself doing too much of nothing, I look at myself and I go, maybe I could move my body just a little bit right now. And I'll be so grateful for that later because especially as we age, we are getting stiffer and it is getting harder. So 
if we start doing it literally right now, it'll be better for you in the long run. I am so happy you mentioned just stretching in random places because I am definitely that awkward person who might start stretching in the grocery line. At least how I have felt in the last few years, I, you know, I like to live with total radical authenticity in the sense that I just want to be myself and do as I please. And if it doesn't affect anyone else, then so be it. I am just going to simply do it. And if it looks a little funky to someone else, I am getting the benefits from this. I don't know what you're getting from just judging, but I am reaping the benefits from this movement. And I hope maybe that'll change your mind or influence you. And if it doesn't, enjoy your life over there and I'll enjoy my life over here. Absolutely. So this radical authenticity is something that just radiates from you. And so I'm curious if you've noticed changes in the people around you now that you're really stepping into taking care of your body and moving your body every day. Has this affected other people in your life? 1000%. It, you know, the way that my life has changed through my movement practice is drastic. I've really cultivated a community of humans with the Secret LA, with what I've developed within my own practice, and just in general in my friendships and my personal relationships and my family as well, where people are simply curious about how I did this. And I think about it, and the joke to the Secret LA is the secret to the secret is there really is no secret. It's just about moving more, eating a balanced, nutritionally dense diet, stretching, meditating, drinking water and sleeping. It's just basic living things to make our lives a little bit better. And so I definitely know that it has improved the relationships with so many people because I just feel so much lighter. My anxiety and depression, while I I think it's something that it will always be with me, it's definitely something I've alleviated a lot through the power of movement and through the power of meditation and through just simple lifestyle changes that are going to just make me a better person. And it's made my relationship so much stronger and happier and more joyful as well. Something I want to add here is that thinking of anxiety and depression as a physiological or biochemical state that can be disrupted is really helpful. There are so many reasons why someone might experience depression or anxiety that have a lot to do with our biochemistry. So vitamin deficiencies, deficiencies in B vitamins, for example, can literally induce a state of depression. I know for me personally, I actually did have a deficiency in B vitamins, and when I rectified that, I felt so much better, not only in my body, but also in my mind. Other things that might disrupt our mental state is the state of our microbiome and digestion. I touched upon this a bit earlier, but the byproducts of the bacteria in our intestines greatly influence how our mind works. And similarly, if our microbiome is inducing a state of inflammation in our body, that's also not going to make us feel great mentally. Another reason we might be anxious or depressed that is related to biochemistry is hormonal imbalances. And this is where I really recommend everyone continue to get blood work done consistently throughout your adulthood. Because if there are any vitamin deficiencies or hormonal imbalances that can be corrected with lifestyle changes or supplements, that's an amazing start to feeling balanced and centered in your body. And I just want to emphasize that we have the power to experiment with these things and literally change our biochemistry, and that can change not only our body, but also our mind. 
I'm curious because it sounds so wonderful, but I'm wondering if there are any moments that have been particularly challenging or what has been the most challenging part of your wellness journey? I think it's actually what I'm experiencing now. So I think, you know, the beginning of my wellness journey, I was so motivated because A, it was kind of the beginning of the pandemic and I just had a lot of time and I was like, I am, I am going to go forward with this and I'm going to really take care of myself and really do the research and figure this all out. And then, you know, I did that I got past the hump. And all of a sudden, like I was really just on a roll. And then truly 2022 hit and I go, Oh, I have to keep doing this. Like, this is not just like, you can't just do it for a few years and say, I'm good toodaloo. Let me just go back to life as normal. Because now that the world is opening up a bit, it's not as easy to find all that time for yourself. So I think right now is really the, the time where I'm experiencing the biggest challenge of my wellness journey of, you know, there's all the to use the word temptation because it, it really feels like such a negative connotation. But you know, you have to make those conscious choices of, well, okay, am I going to stay out really late at these events? Am I going to eat this food that I know isn't going to make me feel good? Am I going to be around these people that aren't really going to elevate my spirits? And so it's really having to take all the things that you've learned from your past part of your journey and implementing them into life as you know, life as we quote unquote know it. That's what we remember it. So I think right now I'm just trying to figure out what that balance looks like for me. But I think I know that deep down, I've really ingrained that this is a lifestyle choice. And in order for me to live the life that I am most comfortable with now, I have to make those choices. And those choices aren't always easy. But it definitely is something I'm learning. It's about balance where, you know, maybe I'm not able to do my routine 100% the same way every day. I think, you know, we see on social media, there's this trend where it's called about being that girl and you do the same kind of thing every day where you drink your lemon water you go on this walk you do this it's not going to work like that every single day of your life because life is going to throw curveballs and it's really hard sometimes so I think it's just being kind to yourself and I'm really practicing as much kindness to myself as I can right now because life is hard life is a struggle life is not easy but that doesn't mean that you can't remain positive during that time. You just mentioned the word temptations and I understand why you're maybe a bit hesitant to use that word. What are some things that you've given up that you maybe hope to say goodbye to in the long run? What are some habits that you've learned to let go of a bit? Yeah, I will say that I actually, I stopped drinking during the pandemic pretty early on. And it was something that I think, you know, many of us have an interesting relationship to alcohol, whether it was stemming from, you know, growing up and what alcohol looked like to you when you were a kid and how you experienced it and what you saw around you or when you went to college and depending on the type of college experience you had, you know, what your relationship was like to alcohol then. And then I work in the entertainment industry, specifically in music. And so often we are just so surrounded by, you know, alcohol as such a social lubricant. And, you know, what I realized for me is I'm actually way more fun when I don't drink. I've always thought that drinking kind of brought me down. And this is I speak from a total personal experience. And it was something that I didn't ever really enjoy when I was participating in it. So I kind of decided, you know, during the pandemic, you know what, this just simply doesn't serve me. And I stopped one day for really no reason. And then just never got in, you know, tempted, quote unquote, to pick it up again. 
I love this because Yelena is talking about how she physically feels in her body when she drinks or doesn't drink, and she's noticed that it doesn't serve her personally. This is a really healthy way to look at lifestyle modification and dietary modification. You know, we can read in textbooks that something is good or bad, but all of our bodies are unique, our biochemistry is unique, our microbiome is unique, our genetics and epigenetics are unique. So for example, some people may have an easier time processing alcohol, while others may feel more of the depressive effect of this drug and it might not be a very positive experience for them. There is no one way to be healthy and our personal experiences should be our guide. So I love that here Yelena has really stepped away from social norms and thought, do I actually enjoy drinking alcohol in social settings or might I enjoy dancing the night away completely sober? <laughs> I love that point. I recognize that it didn't make me feel good in my body or my brain. I really love financial joys that I'm experiencing. I'm not having to spend money on alcohol. So, you know, that was something that I, I'm not someone who wants to make a big statement about, you know, I am never going to drink again because I am the age that I'm at now. And life is hopefully and ideally very long and even longer with all the, the things that I'm doing to help prolong my life. So, you know, I am not going to say I'm never going to drink again. But I, what I am going to say is I'm not going to drink for now because it just simply doesn't serve me. And then similar kind of to caffeine, where I actually did experience some body, you know, things with caffeine, where I noticed I was really jittery, really kickstarted my anxiety. And it was also, again, this like weird social lubricant of let's grab a coffee, let's grab a this. And I want to pop in here to mention that if you get jittery or anxious from caffeine, theanine is a great supplement to counteract these effects. This is why matcha is such a popular coffee replacement because it contains both caffeine and theanine, making its energizing effect a little more subtle and stable than that jolt that you get from coffee, for example. So if you are a coffee lover and still experience negative side effects, try supplementing with theanine. You know, I used to actually work across the street from a coffee shop and I would go there twice a day and order a latte and all these things that, you know, also the quality of the coffee was usually pretty terrible unless you were getting really good stuff. And so I kind of realized, well, why am I drinking this? And I also really try to live the most natural life that I can. I'm not super crunchy granola, but similar kind of with the alcohol and with the caffeine, if I don't need it, I don't need it. So I find myself having insane natural energy simply from my movement practice, from from my joy practices, from my meditation, from just drinking a lot of water and being and living a simple life. I love Yelena's focus on simplicity here. Living a simple life is great for stress and this in turn can really help our sleep quality. So doing things that make our body and mind feel relaxed and balanced can certainly give us so much energy. Not only are we just in a more balanced hormonal state, but our sleep also really, really improves. And this can help feed a positive feedback loop of you're sleeping better, so you're more energized and you're better able to handle the stress of life and you continue to sleep better and it's just um, a loop in the right direction. Alternatively, the sort of negative cycle that we can get stuck in is being tired and drinking more caffeine or being stressed and drinking more alcohol to take the edge off. And both caffeine and alcohol can have negative effects on our sleep quality, so you can actually get stuck in a negative cycle with these drinks. 
If you do plan to cut out coffee or alcohol, realize that you may need to take it a little easy for a while in other areas of your life because we turn to coffee especially when we need to perform at times when we may not naturally feel like performing. For example, Monday morning when you haven't gotten a lot of sleep over the weekend. So your body may be able to overexert itself with the aid of coffee, but just know that if you decide to take a break from caffeine, there may need to be a catch-up period where you'll need to rest more and adjust through withdrawals. Caffeine withdrawals are something I personally experience. They are not fun. But just know that on the other end of this withdrawal period is sustained energy and quality sleep. I'm never going to say that I'm never going to drink those things again or I'm never going to have it again. But I've noticed that taking those things out have actually really improved the quality of my life. And for anyone who's listening and who's thinking about making those types of changes, test it out, see how you feel. And you don't have to put a big old damp on something to say you're never doing this again. You don't have to maybe do 30 months of this or 30 days caffeine free or 30 days alcohol free. Maybe you just one day say, I'm not going to do it for a while. And then just see what happens and see how it works for you. I can completely relate to all of that. You're taking the words right out of my mind. When I hear you talk about your relationship to your routine and health, it sounds so motivated and so committed. What's your why? What's your deeper motivation that's keeping you going? That's such a good question. It, you know, it's a little bit twofold. And I think some of it is it's, you know, of course, I want to say it's 100% for me. I'm so happy to be doing this for myself. I want to make my life better. But I also have kind of seen myself as someone who can inspire and motivate others through my own journey. So as much as I do it for myself, I do it a little bit for others in the sense that I want to really prove to the world that, hey, if I can do this, so can you. Because I like to think that I am just kind of that normal girl where I was at a semi-normal weight and at a normal height from a normal family and a normal life. I've lived, you know, I've, I've been lucky where I haven't had crazy health problems or, you know, really dramatic life experiences that have been really challenging. I've lived a pretty simple, easy, wonderful life. That's not to say that my brain did not fight against me for a long time where it said, no, you can't do this or no, this is the body that you have and this is the experience that you're going to have and best of luck to you and figure it out. But you know, going back to something I said earlier, one of the real big things was I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was really just annoyed with myself that I couldn't go on these big long hikes there. I you know, there was actually a, a very specific moment I can point back to where I was in Hawaii with my sister and we were on this beautiful hike up this volcano mountain something or another. And I remember we were climbing up this mountain and there were people passing by of all different ages, shapes and sizes. And I I was huffing and puffing and I couldn't physically get up the mountain. And that was such a metaphor for my life where I was like, are you kidding me? There are so many people who can do this and I can't. Why? And that was one of the big moments where I go, I got to fix this. I want to literally climb a mountain and I want to do this now. I want to do it within my own body. I want to figure this out. And so that was, you know, this one big reason of why I just want to be able to do anything I want to do. I want nothing to stop me, especially myself. I do not want to be in my own way. 
we're so often in our own way. There's nothing else preventing us. It's not like you can't do something because you can. You just got to figure it out for yourself. I just want to add that our bodies are incredibly dynamic and responsive to how we live and take care of them. So even if something feels impossible today, just know that you're able to change so much about your body and mind if you're willing to put in the work consistently. Has climbing the mountain of your health and really taking charge of your body and your mind influenced how you interact with other realms of your life? 1000%. The confidence that I have gained within myself through my own wellness journey has spread out into so many other things into my professional life into my personal life. I have really never felt more ready to take on the next steps of my life. You know, as everybody's life was paused during the pandemic, I really actually took advantage of that time to build things for myself and to really create and cultivate experiences and communities, you know, in the virtual world to start because that's where we all had to kind of sit and live for a while. And then it translated into the physical world where I have met so many beautiful and incredible like-minded individuals. And when I say like-minded, that doesn't mean we're all identical, but that our values are very similar where we all can care about ourselves and we care about making the world a better place. And so really the confidence that I have gained has been unreal to sit with. And I get to look at myself in the mirror and experience immense pride and joy because I know that I did this myself and I did it in a pretty healthy way. I definitely think, you know, there were maybe there were some times where it wasn't as healthy as it could be, or maybe I was, you know, I might have deprived myself in moments to be transparent and honest because when you're on this wellness journey, you want to really kickstart it. So you think that it's deprivation or you think that it's extra movement. But once you start to realize that that actually is harming you when you're depriving yourself of things or when you're moving too much, that's when you kind of have to recalibrate and rebalance. And you just got to look at yourself and say, let's, you know, body and brain, let's work together here. Let's really take care of ourselves because the goal of all of this is to live a happy, healthy, long life. And if you are depriving yourself of something, if you are telling yourself no if you're in a negative headspace it's gonna be really hard and you don't want life to be hard because it's already hard so to make it easy i love this point on deprivation that yelena mentions i think the reason that people can fall into this trap especially in the beginning of a new wellness focused chapter is that our lifestyle changes take a while to materialize in our lives our current reality is a lagging reflection of our past behaviors so this impatience to change our body and our health or our mind can sometimes lead to extreme behaviors but as yelena mentioned this is ultimately a disservice to ourselves. We need to be patient. If you're putting in the work, results will come. I also want to mention that it can be helpful to disrupt previous patterns of behavior by making such drastic lifestyle changes, but perhaps we can look for other types of drastic changes beyond, you know, exercising in an extreme way or eating in an extreme way and focus on drastic changes that really change our mindsets so that we're not restricting or over-exercising. So some forms of mental disruption that I love to kickstart a new chapter are traveling to new places, rearranging my furniture or home environment, logging and self-monitoring myself or accountability, and choosing a partner or peer to join you in a new way of living that's also going to hold you accountable for your goals. These forms of change can make the transition to a healthier life 
feel very big and serious without us needing to get too extreme in our actions. Is there anything that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't touched upon yet? No, I think, you know, we have talked about so many beautiful things that this life has been able to offer that I really am just super grateful to have the opportunity to share my journey with you and with others. And I hope that people recognize and understand that the power is within themselves. It's really just about living a simple healthy, happy life and whatever that means to you to get to the top of the mountain. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You're not going to be able to climb, you know, that entire mountain in one big old sprint. It's going to take time and energy and effort. And it's not to say that what I did was easy, you know, because of course, when you see someone on, you know, there's the two sides of the picture, you see the left side from a few years ago and the right side of right now, it takes time and effort and energy to do that. And so I hope people recognize that it's not going to happen overnight. And you really just need to not bite yourself on it. You just need to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And that's what's going to make it so much easier and better. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's one thing to hear about what we quote unquote should be doing or Mm -hmm. to hear about the science of our bodies. And it's a a completely different thing to hear someone's personal story. So I want to thank you for sharing. And to close this conversation with a last question, I wanted to ask for a personal favorite kind of healthy habit or hack that is unique to you? If you have any favorite things you're loving doing right now? That is such a good question. So I touched upon my stretching routine and how important it is for me to stretch because I really use stretching as both, like I said, a meditative experience and a movement experience. So it's really the perfect culmination of everything it is that I love to do, which is to be within my body and brain. And also I listen to music. So take that opportunity to listen to music. But I think one of the most important things I really believe we hold our emotion and our trauma in our hips. So if you are trying to figure out how to improve your, you know, your relationship to yourself and to your body, making sure that you are opening up your hips at every opportunity that you get. So it's finding movement experience, the practices that are hip opening. So whether that's certain yoga poses or certain types of stretches, really, I think that once you open up your hips, you're also going to open up this weird part of your brain. And I don't know the science behind this, but I like to think it exists. You're going to open up this weird little part or portal of your brain to say, we got to work on some stuff. Let's think about it. So I want to pop in here. I couldn't find any scientific evidence to support this idea of holding emotion in our hip area, but I do want to take this opportunity to talk about how this might not actually matter and that you can still reap the benefits of this idea. Because the power of our mind is amazing, and I specifically want to share a bit about placebos. I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably familiar with the placebo effect, where we receive a medical intervention that is not actually therapeutically viable. Instead of a medicine, you might be given a sugar pill by your doctor. And in theory, because the sugar pill is not medicine, it should not have any effects on our body. But what we see time and time again is that people's bodies actually can have very strong responses to taking these sugar pills where our bodies will actually heal themselves and we might even produce endogenous opioids to make pain disappear. So just the idea that something is helping you 
is extremely powerful and has a biochemical influence on your body. When we think we are receiving a medical intervention, our biochemistry actually changes to match that expectation, and we can have real therapeutic benefits from receiving a placebo treatment. The funny thing about this is that it's true even when we know that we're receiving a placebo, which is called an open-label placebo, and researchers at Harvard have found that it does not matter if we know something is not actually medicine, even if the doctor says, this is a placebo pill, it's not medicine, it still improves our condition and overall well-being at a higher rate than if we did not take that placebo knowingly. So to link this back to hip opening exercises, if you're going into this practice expecting to relieve stress in your body, it can very well do this and it can offer you those benefits that you're expecting just because you're expecting them. So I love that Yelena has this very emotional and reflective relationship to stretching and especially stretching in her hips. I have no doubt that this activity is giving her all of those benefits and I personally also love to stretch my hips and it's very relaxing to me as well. When you're stretching, you really have to breathe deeply into it and you have to really kind of sit in a little bit of the pain. I, I want to be careful saying the word pain because I don't want it to be painful physically, but you do have to take that chance with your body to say, okay, like, let me breathe into this motion into this experience that I'm having and know that if I'm doing it with some kind of quality form, I'm going to be okay, but I'm going to have to sit with this feeling for a little bit longer than I want to. And that translates into your movement practice when you know you're lifting those weights or you're doing those push-ups or you're on that run or you're walking a little bit longer and you're like, I'm tired, this hurts. You just got to sit with that pain for a little, little bit longer because that will really help you in the long run. So sitting with the pain longer will help you in the long run. Okay, I'm gonna go stretch myself right now. <laughs> where where can people find and follow you at The Secret LA? So you can find me on Instagram at thesecret.la or my website is thesecret.la. Amazing. Thank you so much, Yelena. So those were a few scientific thoughts sprinkled into an interview with someone who is incredibly intuitive in how she takes care of herself. I loved hearing her philosophy so much and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed this interview format, let me know. Reach out on Instagram at science.of.selfcare. It's always a pleasure to speak with listeners and fellow wellness lovers. So thank you for tuning in and stay positive, stay healthy. Until next time.